Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Sarah Jacopuzzi with me. She is local to me here in Arizona. I'm kind of doing like a, a series, I think, where I'm like interviewing all my neighbors and people in my city. Uh, Sarah, come on in. Thanks for coming today. Hi, thanks for having me. So Sarah has never been part of a podcast before, which is awesome. She's actually never even listened to a podcast before. And so the first podcast she's ever going to listen to is this one. <laughs> Sarah, yep. tell us what you do. I am a project manager for a um, inverter company named SunGrow USA, and we manufacture and deliver inverters to uh, utility scale solar sites. Solar the long sites. version, mm-hmm. like solar panels, like in a field kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So if you're driving out basically in the middle of nowhere and you see like rows and rows of solar panels, like that's. Um, basically what starts that power to those panels is going to be our inverters. So just like if you have solar on your house, there's going to be an inverter right next to your electrical box. That's basically the same concept with a solar field. Got it. My parents actually had a solar field built across the street, like across their little highway that they live off of. Yeah. Um, Just a few years ago, I like rolled in one day for Christmas or something and there was a solar field right there. And I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is sub- different from individuals purchasing solar for their own house or renting. Solar. Correct. Um, yes. Who is using the solar fields? Um, large companies, um, engineering firms and things like that are the ones who actually set these up. There's different levels of, of who does what on these. It's, it's quite complex as to who's doing what. Um, and your guess is as good as mine as to who's actually using the energy from these. I know a lot of the times they do sell them back to the utility companies. Um, but predominantly I believe it would be like the utility companies and other large corporations that are using the, um, the power that's generated from these fields. Uh, question. So since we Mm -hmm. live in Arizona, um, I've only lived here for, I think it's like five years now, five and a half. Uh, and I was really astonished to move here and see like the grocery parking lots covered in solar panels. And like my husband works for a company that has huge parking lots and covered in solar panels. Would that be a different type of solar field? Yeah, that's actually commercial solar. So there's residential solar, which is uh, solar when you're getting solar put on your house, then there's going to be commercial solar. Who's going to be the ones like, if you see that you go drive by a school or a grocery store and you see, you know, coverings of solar panels in a parking lot and things like that, or on a large building, that's you know, used for like industrial grade stuff like that. So there's different, there's residential, there's commercial, then there's utility. So I just, my company is based on utility scale. Got it. Uh, How did you get this job? Was it remote from the beginning or did did that come later? So um, SunGrows actually has headquarters based in San Francisco and Phoenix and also in China. So it's a Chinese-based company, kind of weird with COVID going on. Yay, I'm going to go work for a Chinese-based company. But I've been um, working for Chinese-based companies also, so I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. So um, it just kind of worked out. I was actually in residential slash commercial solar um, previous to this job, and I was um, learned it from the ground up at my previous company. Um, they they were an electrical company, and I was a project coordinator, and they were like, hey, we're going to open a solar um division. And I said, okay, that's great. And they said, can you run it? And I said, no, I sure cannot run it. I don't know anything about solar. They said, it's fine. We'll teach you. You'll learn as you go. So that was kind of like me being thrown into the, 
into the fire on learning about solar. So I basically had to learn everything from scratch and create, you know, their standard operating procedures and learn all that and kind of set their, their stuff up. Um, and then I was just burnt out, um, with that position. It was in office. It was a lot of hours, a lot of phone calls, 24 seven, um, weekends, nights, it felt like it was never ending. And I was just getting really burnt out really quickly. Um, and then this position came up and I thought, I don't qualify for a utility solar position. And then it ended up working out and that's how I got here. So, um, this job is actually work from home regardless of COVID. Um, it's just, we have project managers and, um, staff all over the United States and all over the world actually. So it really doesn't make sense to have to go into an office. Um, we do have an office based in Phoenix, although I think I've been there a whole three times in the last year and a half. So, yeah. What, what would bring you into the office? Like a lunch, <laughs> Um, a lunch. Yeah. Like if we're doing like maybe some type of team builder, or if we have like a new hire, um, just to kind of do those face-to-face introductions, um, uh, when like our service team, cause we have, you know, different divisions when our service team was doing their annual training, I went in and I was like, Hey, I want to learn more of the technical stuff. So can I come in and crash your training course? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. So I spent, you know, the day in the office with the service team, just kind of learning, more of the the technical side of things, which just helps me do my job better. So, so those are some of the reasons I would go into the office. Um, there are occasional times where I'll need to like go to actual job sites, um, and just kind of meet with my customers, but with COVID happening, it hasn't really happened very often. I think I've only had one trip like that, but I would say 98% of my work is going to be work from home unless I choose to decide, yes, I'll go to site or yes, I'll go in the office for that day. Okay. I have a few follow-up questions with a few different things. Um, first going back, did you say that you worked for a different solar company first and then you transitioned or was it a a different position? No. So I, prior to this part, prior to me working at Sungra, I used to work for a residential solar company, um, back in 2018, 2019, ironically, right in the beginning of COVID, I transitioned over here. Um, I was working at home to start with at the residential company, um, basically when COVID hit and we all kind of had to scramble and figure it out. That was a lot more challenging working from home with that position because there was a lot of um, things that I did with uh, the service team for for that company that I needed to be in the office, like when the guys were getting ready to go to their job sites and stuff. Um, There was just a lot of... of, um, things that they needed, physical items that I needed to pass off to them for them to be able to, to do their jobs. So that was and, a lot more difficult. And then when you said that you sometimes go out to the field um, to mm-hmm. see your customers, are the customers the people who are installing just the inverter? Yeah, so there's um, there's owners of the site and then there's what's called an EPC. The EPC is the engineering firm that actually is the one um, building the site themselves. So they're the ones that are going to be on site. And they're usually the ones that I'm working with, um, throughout what, what's called the commissioning process, basically getting the site up and running once we get our inverters onto the site. So sometimes it's just nice, not only for me to have like that visual of what the site looks like, but also just to meet the customers face-to-face and kind of build that relationship because we have a lot of the same customers with various different sites around the United States and Canada and all over. So 
And when you say that you might travel, would you just be here in the local Phoenix metro area or would you actually go out? Like if you, there's only what, three or four different offices in this, in the world for this company? Yeah, there's only three offices for the world, but I wouldn't need to go to any of the offices. Technically, if I'm going to go to a site, it's going to be like, um, the last one I went to was in Las Vegas. So we have sites in Las Vegas. Um, and if there's a site, like I have some back in North Carolina, I've just haven't gone out there yet. So, um, definitely whenever I get the chance to go out there, I would like to, but it's more for my benefit than necessarily like I have to go. My, when my um, family got that solar panel field uh, on the mm-hmm. other side of the street from them, um, I found out later that my brothers, I have, I have five brothers and four of them are electricians. Oh, wow. And a couple of them, I think were still in their trade school for becoming an electrician and they worked in these solar fields, like not necessarily yeah. the one across the street or across the highway, technically live in the country, like in a super rural area, like you said, kind of in the, it's interesting to me that they set them up in an area that has so much snow. Like, are they ineffective, like under snow or does it still work? Um, They definitely still work. What's ironic is Phoenix actually is harder to get them to work in the summer, which is odd because you think that you know, sunlight is shining down in the middle of Phoenix and everyone else is dying. Yeah. (laughs) It's actually the heat that causes the problem. So you need to have like a really nice, like a cooler temperature with direct sun is the ideal environment for a solar panel to actually work. Um, but I mean, you still definitely can pull some good energy in Phoenix and in Arizona altogether, but, um, sometimes the heat just causes a lower productivity for your solar panels which your residential solar company might not tell you that just saying. (laughs) Oh, uh, when I uh, took a phone call the other day, I went outside and it was not the hottest day. It was hot, but I sat, Mm -hmm. sat in the shade of our little like canvas gazebo thing that we have in our backyard. And I was just trying to like get away from my loud family for a minute so I could talk to somebody privately. And within five minutes, it said that my, um, my phone was overheating And I guess, I mean, like electronics are very sensitive to heat. And if they're like blasted with, you know, 115, 120, 25, maybe, um, I could see that being pretty crummy. So where, where's the best place? Um, I don't really know necessarily where the ideal place would be, but usually the, I mean, those solar farms, they're not going to set up somewhere that's not going to give them the, um, the power that they need. So most I would say all um, of any solar farms are going to be set up for that particular climate. Like there's so many different aspects and different parts and, and, and things that go into the creation of the, the projects. They're going to make sure that the solar panels that they get are going to be great. Um, and that they're going to have the maximum output for their environment um, that the inverters are set up to handle the cold weather. If it's, let's say there's snow. Um, so each, each location is going to be set up a little bit different depending on climate, weather, sun, like there's so many different moving parts to the projects. I feel like the ones that are across the highway from my parents, uh, like have angles and they can tilt. And I was wondering if that was to get better sunlight or to dump off the snow. No, it's for sunlight. It's definitely for sunlight. <laughs> and they have some that actually like turn, um, with the sun They're they're I think they're called trackers and they basically track the sun. So as the sun goes up, they're going to be faced that way. And as the sun goes down, they're going to face the other way. So that way they're getting the most sun the entire day. 
And they can control all that with their software systems that they have linked to those sites. That's so cool. And what does the inverter do? I obviously have no idea anything about solar panels. Inverters basically are what swap out the AC and the DC power. I think I'm not the greatest at this technical stuff, but they just like, they're making sure that they're providing power to the panels. And so then they go to like a combiner box into the panels and some other lengthy stuff that I don't quite understand. Um, but basically the, um, they connect the panels into the inverters and that's what turns them on. Okay. And what kind of, um, what kind of role do you have? Like, are you in meetings all the time? Are you talking with customers? Are you talking with engineers? Go ahead and just so, talk about like your day. Your work yeah. Day. So basically what I do is our sales team, um, gets a contract with a potential with a customer. Um, once that contract signed and sealed and all of the configurations and all that fun and engineering stuff is all confirmed, then it gets sent over to me. Then I would uh, reach out to the customer with whoever their project manager is that handles the inverter portion. And the inverter portion is just one component of these, all these different things going on on these fields. But so I'm only involved with the inverter portion. So I have a project manager on their side. Um, a lot of the times I end up on calls with engineers. So I have to bring my engineers on these calls. Um, I'm checking the production status, making sure that the factory is producing the items on time, that they're getting their test reports, that the units are produced with the, requ- with the correct requirements. Um, and then a lot of just back and forth, making sure that everything's on schedule. Um, COVID has caused severe delays with logistics, like all over the world with everything and everyone. Um, so that's definitely put a, um, a delay on a lot of our stuff, um, for the customers as well, just even getting their panels sent in just all kinds of different stuff going on on these sites, um, due to logistics delays and and COVID and what have you. So, um, a lot of my stuff is, is my role is to make sure that we're getting everything delivered on time. They have everything that they need. Um, and then once the units get on site, I'm working with my service team and their service team and their project managers to make sure that we're meeting their deadlines and we're able to get our units turned on um, on their schedule because they have milestones that they have to meet. So we have to make sure that we are um, adhering to their milestones and their schedules. Do you ever have to be the bearer of bad news when the supply chain has failed? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. That is my job. So I'm definitely customer facing. So I have to be the one to tell them. Um, But I'm really big on communication. I hate being blindsided with any aspect of life, right? Like I just hate being blindsided. So if I can tell you like, Hey, this is a potential, I could see this coming. So like, that's part of my role is I should be able to forecast, well, this looks like this could potentially be a risk, right? So I can notify the customer ahead of time and say, Hey, I see this potential risk coming um, because of X, Y, Z. I just want to give you a heads up. So that way you're aware. And then you guys can kind of adjust on your end, or if they need to adjust their schedules, that way they're, they're not being told at the last minute or after the fact, or they were supposed to get their units on site this week. And I'm telling them, sorry, it won't be there till next month. Um, just my just big thing is communication, just making sure that everybody's on the same page. When you have these big delays, does it actually create more work for you then? Oh, definitely. Yes. Cause there's documentation. I have to write 
um, what we refer to as force majeure letters. So basically like for COVID there, we've had quite a bit of them. I've gotten to be an expert at writing these fancy letters. Um, just telling them that know what that is. So you'll have to explain yeah. it to someone who doesn't understand. So a force majeure letter is basically a catastrophic event. That's like not something that was caused by like production. It's, it's almost like a hurricane would be like a force majeure event. Act it's of God. Yes. Like an act of God event that is unpreventable that no one could prevent. Like, um, aside from COVID, we had a tsunami that happened in China and we had to get some stuff out. Well, what can you do about a tsunami? Like they sent us videos from the tsunami. So I had to write a letter to the impacted customers and say, Hey, your shipments are delayed because there was a tsunami. Like, what can you say to that? Unfortunately, it's a domino effect and it can change their schedule on their sites. But um, that's pretty much what a force majeure letter does is, is give you the reasoning behind the act of God event. Have you made a template that you can just like swap out the <laughs> details? I wish, I wish it's always, it's, it's always some other event, and it's not ever like just copy and paste. <laughs> it's, it's always, you have to put all this, this fine detail into it to make sure that it's um, approved by like legal departments and all that stuff. So, so you're talking a lot about project management. Did you mm-hmm. go to school for this? I did not go to school for this. I have, um, I don't even know how I have the job that I have, honestly. Um, it's, it's kind of an odd. So my mother is actually a project manager for Wells Fargo. Um, so I've always like seen project. I was like, oh, that looks fun. Like you basically get to like monitor everything and tell everyone what to do. But there's a lot more work involved to it. That's for sure. So yeah, um, I really got a job as a project coordinator at the electrical company. And I was like, cool, maybe if I have project coordinator on my resume for a couple of years, then, you know, maybe I can get a job somewhere else. Like I had no intentions of staying in electrical, um, no intentions of solar, didn't even know solar was really a thing that I would like or be into. Um, And then I got the project coordinator job just because I had a friend that worked there. And she was like, hey, you might want to try this out. I was like, sure, sounds great. Let's try it. Um, So yeah, so I did that and then just kind of worked out that I ended up being a project manager for their solar division and then moved over here. So yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit? about uh, what you did before working from home and how that transition went for you. Like go back to your first days of working from home and how did you feel and what got you? Yeah. So I, before I was working from home, I guess I should go back to that. I was working, like, I think I mentioned like 14, 15 hour days at a, at the office, like I would get there at probably 5am a lot of the days to make sure that um, our, our service guys could get out to site to install the solar panels or, or whatever the situation was, I had to be there before the, the guys were leaving the office to make sure they had their plans and all this stuff. Well, I would think that when I would go into the office at 5am, cool, I'll get off at like, two, maybe three at the latest. Um, most days that did not happen. I still wasn't leaving the office till six o'clock at night um, with a whole bunch of workload to do still. So um, then I would come home and I'm trying to scramble to get dinner done, to get my kids um, making sure they're doing their homework, um, to clean up the house from my kids that have been home alone for like a few hours before I got home. I can Um, imagine. My husband, he works like 13 hour days. He still works 13 hour days. Um, 
and he's outside all day. So he has a very labor intensive job more. Um, so neither one of us were home and the weekends seemed like, I was just like, I just want to relax. I just want to be able to breathe. And I had to clean my house, do my laundry, catch up. And I felt like reset for the week to start out again, all while taking calls from customers or internal calls from, you know, my coworkers seven days a week. Like it was just nonstop. Even when we went out, I was always had somebody calling me. I could never have a full conversation without a phone call interrupting. It was crazy. It sounds like you were doing the work of two people. I was probably doing the work of like four or five people. It was, it was definitely overwhelming. And then COVID hit and they were like, well, you guys have to go home. And our owner was like, well, you guys can't do your jobs from home. I was like, yes, we can. So I would try to like prep for the week and get all the guys stuff ready. So I didn't have to go in every morning to the office. So I would at least have to be there one day a week um, to get all of their plans printed out and all that stuff. And then I would stage them for them. So they had them for the week. Um, but I was like, oh, wait, I kind of like this being home because I could thaw out dinner at 10 in the morning. And then when my kids got home from school, they could just had snacks and then I could tell them to clean up after themselves. Like they are teenagers, but it's still a process. So um, definitely just, just all of a sudden I was home and then I could throw in a load of laundry in the middle of the day. And I was like, hey, this is kind of nice. Hold on. And then my weekends, I felt like I wasn't so drained from the week. And then I was like, okay. And then this job came across my lap and I was like working from home permanently. I actually like that idea. And since then, it's probably been the best thing that's ever happened to me and my family, hands down the best thing. I like hearing this. Cause I mean, I yeah. do talk with people all the time that, you know, there's a struggle and I have struggles with working from home, but there's also the yeah. perks. My husband is actually downstairs um, on his lunch hour right now, speed cleaning the house yeah. because we're having company from out of state. Uh, and so, yeah, like the whole throw a load of laundry, go do a project, go get on a call, come back, switch mm-hmm. the laundry, go do your next thing, come back and switch. You know, I, I, I definitely have enjoyed that. I've been working from home for 12, 13, 13 years now. Oh, wow. Um, that's awesome. And do you know other people that work from home? Yeah, my mom actually works from home from uh, Wells Fargo, which is, which is great, because um, she lives like a mile and a half up the street. So like, if I'm on a meeting, and I can't go pick up the kids, she can go pick up the kids. Um, so it's, it makes it a lot easier, because we have like that team effort. Um, my dad, he has his own company, he works from home, he well, he basically makes his own hours, he, mm-hmm. he runs his own business working from home out of his house. But um, his is a little different because he actually has to go out and see clients and stuff like that. But my mom has a similar setup as I do. What works really good for me is that I can schedule my meetings around what I have to do. So like in the morning, I take my youngest, I drop her off at the bus stop. I can schedule my meetings. So like, I'll have a meeting before I take her, I can get her ready for school. I have, you know, I have that half an hour time frame where I can go drop her off, come back and get ready for my next meeting. Um, and that way my kids aren't, home alone. They're not by themselves. If they have doctor's appointments or if they're, they're sick, I don't have to take off work because I have a 10 year old homesick. Like she can just go lay down and watch TV and I can keep working and I'm not missing any work for it. Absolutely. It's, it's fantastic. Like, obviously you're going to have to like block off some time if you have to go to the doctor's office, the same if you were in the office, but yeah, the Mm -hmm. whole, like, I have diarrhea. I probably shouldn't be in the office, but I can still work. I mean, obviously we yeah. need to take time off when we're sick too, but I know what you mean. It's easier to get more work done, 
even if you're contagious or uh, something, you know, if you're in quarantine, you can still work. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So sorry, I said diarrhea, everyone. That was bad <laughs> visual. I, I actually saw a, a video about um, it was like an ESL video about like teaching people how to say that you have diarrhea. I have a bad case of diarrhea and it's been <laughs> in my head all day. So you have to look that one up. It's um, it's a real keeper. <laughs> That's hilarious. So how can we recover from that? <laughs> right. What has been a challenge for you? Um, probably being home all the time. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I never leave the house. Like, um, I get really busy days and I will literally drop my daughter off and I will be glued to my computer from the time that she leaves the school. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh crap, I have to go pick her up. But she's at the bus stop. And I'm like scrambling because I literally haven't left my desk for more than like two seconds just to run to the restroom really quick. Um, you kind of get zoned out and you don't have any other distractions around you that are like pulling you away from like your zone. So sometimes I'm like, Oh, I got to get up. And then I I won't leave the house for like two, three days. Sometimes if I'm like super busy, because I also take night phone calls because we have factories overseas. So I have to coordinate with them as well. Um, so I do take some like instant messages and stuff like that in the evening. So sometimes I am working at nine or 10 o'clock at night, but I also didn't have to work from like 3 PM till 5 PM. And I was able to go take my kids somewhere, pick her up, get her a snack or take her to whatever event she had for that day. So, um, and you didn't have to drive into the office to go take exactly, exactly. So, um, there's definitely like, sometimes I'm just like, please let's go to Walmart. Like, let's just go to Walmart. And everyone's like, what do we need at Walmart? I was like, nothing, but we're going because I need to leave the house. So I'll go to the grocery store. Um, stuff like that. I think one of my other challenges is I feel like, um, I put less work on my kids because I'm the one home all the time. Like they were at school all day. My husband's at work all day. So I'm like, okay, well I'll do it. And so I think I take on more because I'm home all the time. Um, just because I feel like, you know, I should, but then sometimes I'm like, so I'm, I'm trying to unteach myself that and trying to get, make sure that my kids are, are still putting in their parts as well. Um, it's definitely a a balancing act for sure. We have that here too. My husband goes on call and has to work on site like every four or five weeks right now. Um, his team has kind of shrunk a bit. So it used to be like every eight or nine weeks. And now we're down to like, you know, double time on that. But, uh, when he's gone at the office, like usually he's the one who's like, switching the lawn or I switch the laundry. He does the dishes. He usually unloads the dishwasher and reloads it at his lunch break or in the morning when he's making breakfast. Um, and there's, there've been a few times that when he's been gone, I know that he would prefer, I would do that. Like, cause he likes that to be done by the time he gets, you know, done with his work day. And I've had you just say, honey, I can't be distracted by housework today. I use that to procrastinate for my work. And I have something I desperately need to finish you know, yeah. that's really important. And I always say this, my house has never been so clean as when I had a paper due or a project, you know, and yeah, I'm not really a, the best housekeeper, but boy, oh boy, I can sure get pretty great at it. If there's something else I need to do. All of a sudden you're like, oh yeah. And I do that sometimes too. I'm like, oh, I got to do these documents. Oh, I got to do this report. And I'm just like, okay. And then I'll get up and I'll be like, oh, I'll just clean the kitchen really quick or whatever. So Yeah. Like the other thing is like, I don't have like a closed in office. Um, so we have like a living room and then like, um, I don't know, like 
two living rooms ish sort of. So I have my office set up like as far away from everyone as possible. Mm -hmm. So it is a little frustrating sometimes when everybody's home and I'm working. Um, my kids are pretty well trained. Yeah. Yeah. My kids are pretty well trained and I'll be, and I'll make the announcement like, Hey, getting on a meeting. And so they know, um, that it's time to like be quiet in the living room. So it's definitely like a struggle sometimes when it comes to that. My husband has off Sunday and Mondays. So Mondays I work Monday through Friday. So sometimes he wants to like, just be one of the guys and like, hang out and play video games. And I'm like, uh, I'm working. You better go take that to the bedroom because I have to work. So yeah, so there's definitely some balance stuff like that. When you say you have two family rooms, are they in two different parts of the house? Uh, no, that's like supposed to be a dining room and a living room. I guess you could say our dining room area is a lot bigger than a typical dining room. So we made that into like the living room. And then we have my office area slash living room, which is the actual living room. So we've kind of, I've kind of makeshift my own office area. If I could add a wall in my house, I would, or just get a bigger house, but we're not really there right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually in a closet. Everyone else that has ever listened to one of these knows because I always talk about it. I'm actually in our master closet and it's not a big one. Oh yeah. man. My daughter is going to be cat sitting for some people. I'm going to see if I can interview him too. We'll see if he'll agree. <laughs> um, but you know, they're showing us like, these are where the cats are and this is where we keep the cat food. And this is where we keep the, whatever the plastic bags for the cat litter. And they opened their master closet and I was like, ah, it's like four times bigger than mine. (laughs) I'm in such a small room. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, um, you know, you can think about that, uh, building a wall. I don't know if you'd have to bring in a contractor and, you know, have coding. Yeah. I, I know in Texas, my aunt had a real big problem with, um, trying to just put, make a closet. Like they, they were like all up in her face about that and, you know, code stuff. So I would just check and see like what the rules are here, but yeah, a lot of people yeah. talk about having a door being helpful, but, um, do you, are there any walls in between your, there's like a half the- wall. Yeah. There's like a half wall between. And so then there's a walkway. So there is some sound barrier, but it's not like, extremely strong enough. Like I would like, so technically I could just put a door in the walkway and it would sort of seal it off, but, um, definitely want to think of something else sometimes, but for the most part, like my kids are at school and honestly, during summer break, like at first I was like, you guys should get up at a normal time and stay on schedule. Then I'm like, you know what, (laughs) sleep, you know what, sleep, sleep till (laughs) I'm done with my meetings for the day. And then when I'm just doing regular, like, you know, meeting notes and reports and all this stuff, you guys can go ahead and make your noise. But when I'm on my meetings, you guys need to be quiet. I was like, you know what? You guys just go ahead and sleep till two, three in the afternoon. I'm totally fine with it. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm completely fine with it. We're good. So Um, do, okay. When I lived in Illinois, we had just, my office was in, I'm holding a potato today, by the way, this is a plastic potato for my kids, like um, grocery, I don't know, set that we have, because I like to have something in my hand. Um, So if you just see a potato waving around, that's why. Um, (laughs) When we lived in Illinois, it was just um, one long living room and a small house, and we just partitioned it off with a few uh, bookshelves. And so it gave a visual barrier, but it didn't give the sound barrier that I would have needed. And that was a challenge, especially when I had little, little kids. My youngest was like, well, baby, I had babies during those years. Um, How old is your youngest right now? 
My youngest is 10. She'll be 11 um, in a few months. So she's, she's 10 going on 25, I think. So she's she's not um, really noisy. I think she's actually probably the quietest one of all of them. And then I have a 15, six, no, a 15, 16 and 17 year old. Yes. So I have all older children. Okay. So my oldest is the same age as your youngest, and she is not a quiet child going on 25. (laughs) (laughs) She's just as likely to shriek as the six-year-old. So yeah. Yeah. My 10-year-old obviously being around teenagers all the time, she she wants to be a teenager, thinks she's a teenager, which is fine sometimes. And other times it's definitely a challenge, but you know, um, but yeah, she's, she's pretty quiet. She's a pretty mellow kid. I think my 15 year old son is probably the loudest of all of my kids. So (laughs) especially when he's playing Xbox, he's like yelling at the screen. I'm like, if you don't be quiet, the best way for us to get the kids to be quiet is to be like, okay, mom and dad are both going to be in meetings. So you guys can watch something. And we -hmm. have this funny little ranking system for, I mean, our kids are younger too, but um, you know, when we were doing online school, you know, there'd be a lot of hours in the day that they were not interacting with her teacher like that was just offline they were supposed to be independently you know doing something and honestly they just only had a couple of hours of work to do and then the rest was just like free time and we were supplementing and everything as much as we could but sometimes it'd be like just watch an educational show and we ranked the educational like level 10 educational show means like straight up documentary we're talking like pbs like the really good like you know, planet earth kind of thing. And then level nine would be like the highly educational, um, wild crafts, octonauts, the things where you're learning like lots of interesting facts, but it might be a cartoon. Um, and then we have like level one and two, which is like garbage TV, (laughs) like just stupid inane things. Like the characters aren't even making real words. They're just like grunting and like slapstick humor stuff. And so like, if we're really desperate, like we will hold off on letting them have those kinds of shows for like months. And then the day that we really need it would be like, you can watch uneducational TV, like level one. I don't care. Just watch something and be quiet. Yeah. And they will be quiet for like hours because they never get to see that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. That, that actually brings up another point is like when the kids were all on online school, like my son, my 15 year old, he was the worst because he would wake up, but like, they're not used to online. They're not used to working from home. So they struggled like my two, my seven year old and my 15 year old. Well, our 16 year old is actually a, um, a foster kid that we're in the process of adopting. So at the time of online school, I didn't have her with us at the time. Um, but my 17 year old was just, she struggled so much with online school. And then my 15 year old, he would like fall back asleep. And then I know he's in his room and he's supposed to be doing school, but then I would get a note from the teacher and, um, your son's not, pre- or he didn't log on. I was like, I woke him up this morning. He should have been on there. So then it helped me working from home. Cause I was literally working on my stuff, working at my desk and I would make them sit on the couch behind me and they would have to sit there and they would do their schoolwork because that's that I can't trust you to be in your own room. So, um, I don't know if they would have passed their classes had I not have been working from home. Like there, I don't think there's there's a way they would have done it. It sounds like you found like the silver lining there because for me, it was a challenge because I had a harder time getting work done because I had three younger children who needed a lot of tech support, like just logging in and um, yeah, just being able to like share the screen with a teacher or whatever they needed to do that day um, and to manage all this paperwork. And I think for every age, it was challenging having the kids working from home. But 
um, for me, I had to reduce my hours quite a bit. Like I think I reduced by about, I went down to about 25% of what I had been doing before just to try to have like enough, like bandwidth to sleep and eat and, you know, get my kids through school for a few months. And then, um, we almost considered homeschooling for the next year and everybody wanted the kids to go back to school, including the kids. And so like they were eager yeah. We have family meetings. And, um, so yeah, they're all back in school right now. They've only had to do one quarantine so far. Yeah. Yeah. My youngest, I think she, I probably, I don't know, like I set her stuff up. So we'd set up at night. So that way all she had to do was log in in the morning and then she could just automatically press like her join meeting button. So it was like super simple, super easy. She actually liked online school better. Um, she actually probably did the best out of the three kids at the time, mm-hmm. um, my teenagers just had a really hard time with online school. Mind you, my son has like ADD. So getting him to even stay focused was just a feat in itself. Um, and then my oldest, she just, she just doesn't like online school. So the second that she was able to go in, she was like ecstatic. She couldn't wait to go back in. Um, they go to a charter school and they don't typically have school on Fridays. And this kid goes in on Fridays on purpose. I'm like, you know, you don't have to go today, right? Like you're getting A's and B's and she still goes. So I'm like, okay, you will never be one to work from home as of what I see right now. But, but it helps me being home for sure. It's so funny because before the pandemic hit right up until the pandemic hit, like we're talking January, February, the first part of March, like that first week of March was some of the trickiest times in our family we had one kid who did not want to go to school every day. She liked her school and her teachers and her friends, like everything, but she hated that transition and she just really struggled. And it was like pulling teeth every single day. Like my kid, I'd be hauling my kid out <laughs> to the car. Like we're going to be 20 minutes late. We have to go. Like we're, we had to have special meetings and everything, you know, with people, this yeah. is what's going on. Um, and she is the one who's helping get everyone out the door this year. Like she is, we have been early, like every day, except for one. And it wasn't her that made us late that one time. Yeah. So see, it's, it's like, she's fabulous. grateful. She <laughs> yeah. appreciates it a little bit more now that she didn't have it for a while. And like other things have changed too, you know, like we, we figured out a few things that were, were making her uncomfortable and, you know, we we're able to resolve a few issues during that year. It's like that time of the pandemic has been a year of healing for our family, And, you know, a few lifestyle changes that just helped her like dietary things that we were able to kind of fix. And now she's a different person and it's wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. So I hate it when people are like, you know, the good thing about the, because there isn't anything good about the pandemic, but some of us have appreciated some of the lifestyle choices or changes, sorry, that we were forced to have. Yeah. I don't think that was like a very grammatically correct sentence, but you know what I'm saying, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, I do. And not only that, like my son before the pandemic, like he used to always want to be out with his friends. So like every weekend in the midst of me trying to like get the house together, preparing for another draining week in the office, um, he would always be like, can you take me to this friend or that friend? And so I would take him, you know, of course, as long as his grades were up and stuff. And then since COVID's like calmed down, I'm like, are you going to go to your friends? He's like, no, I'm going to stay home. I'm like, are you ever going to leave the house again? He's like, mm, probably not. Like they're just little homebodies now, like they're, and I'm like, are you okay? Like, should I worry about like your social growth now? Because now you're, you're not wanting to go hang out with friends. So um, definitely like a difference in the kids for sure. So, I mean, he goes with friends here and there, but like 
he's not gone very long. He doesn't ever ask to spend the night anywhere. Like he's always home. And I'm like, all right, you're my little homebody now. It was probably basically like heaven for my husband because he, I was always dragging everyone out to all these different events and like bringing the kids to these different places and wanting to do all this stuff. And he prefers to be here. And I think that we did go a little stir crazy at moments, but for the Mm -hmm. most part, we were able to really bond well and had a lot of good game time and just new little rituals and, you know, traditions that we kind of started through the pandemic. Yeah. Um, You know, there's certain parks that we go to on certain for certain reasons, like there's a one park that we go to, to have foot races and to ride bikes. And there's a different park we go to, you know, to, I don't know, go on a long walk. And there's, you know, so we just kind of have like our own little spots that we do as far as like getting out, meaning just literally our family. Um, But otherwise we have lots of games and we've really made our home more of a sanctuary as far as like places that we can hang out within the small space that we have. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's made a big difference. And then I also, you know, back to the, to the work from home aspect is like, now I feel like on the weekends, I actually have energy to do stuff with my kids. Like, oh, are we going to go to the park? Are we going to go take a drive to Sedona or up North or something like that? I don't feel like I'm exhausted all the time. So, um, it's nice. And then I don't feel so aggravated. I think when I was in the office, like I was so aggravated and I didn't even realize it. Like I was just frustrated because I was so tired. I was overwhelmed. Mind you, I'm sure my position wasn't the typical nine to five position. It was, I mean, I was definitely overloaded, but, um, just having like that room to breathe is, has been night and day for not only myself, but for my relationship with my family, it's been a huge lifesaver. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. I want to hear a little bit about your, um, your office equipment. Did you have to provide everything or did your company provide anything? No, my company provides everything. So, well, let me rephrase. I have purchased my own desk and I purchased my own chair, but the laptop is theirs. I have two big screens. Um, I feel like I'm blind half the time, (laughs) So I had one screen and I was trying to split, do like a split screen on it. That didn't work very well. So, um, they got me a second monitor. So yeah, everything is theirs. Um, they've provided all the electronic equipment that I need. Um, yeah, to get my job done. Do you have tech support? Yes, we do have tech support. She's actually based out of, um, San Francisco. She's like one person. So it's not like we have like a whole department, but we we definitely do have tech support. (laughs) Yes. We have a tech. Yeah. But whenever I have anything going on, she'll jump on and she'll like do whatever she needs that I need. If I need something swapped out or whatever, I can always run down to the Phoenix office and, and grab something if I need it. Um, everything from like pencils and notebooks to whatever else that I might need. I can always go get it. How many people is she supporting? Like how many people are working from home versus in the office or is she supporting the people who were in office as well? She supports everyone um, in the U S so she's supporting everyone. um, San Francisco office, Phoenix office. I mean, our San Francisco office, I think is technically still shut down as well. So everybody is working from home there too. Um, I don't really know how many people work for us. I feel like I get notices that there's a new person or you're supposed to reach out to this person. And I, I didn't know they worked here. So, um, Mm. yeah, it's, it's pretty large company. I would say maybe like 600 in the U S. Okay. Wow. Maybe. 
it's not like ginormous or anything like that. Um, then of course we have a huge presence in China for our main factory offices and stuff like that there. That's a lot to think about as far as like, I'm thinking about your tech lady. If, um, mm-hmm. how, how, how well did, or how, how stretched did she get <laughs> when more people had to work from home all of a sudden? I bet that was a trying time for her. Um, I don't, I don't know necessarily because like my laptop's my laptop, right? It doesn't really matter if I'm working from home or if I'm working in office. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only difference is like my monitors are set up differently. Um, but if you think about it, technically my setup would still be the same, whether I was in a cubicle or at home. Um, so I don't really think it was too crazy. And she actually didn't start till after the pandemic started. Okay. So she was kind of thrown in later. Um, I think we use a lot of Microsoft teams. So we do a lot of um, communication through that and, and documentation and stuff like that through Microsoft teams. Um, so basically she's always monitoring our licenses, making sure that that stuff's up and running. I don't have to reach out to her very often. My stuff works really well, usually cross my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I don't, I don't think it's too, too bad. I know when I worked for Mayo Clinic, um, we had a team of about, oh goodness, I don't even know, 300, 500, 600, I don't know. But we had three tech people working, um, three guys that would work in office. And then they would always like, you know, issue out, issue out our equipment and ship it to us if we were working from yeah. home and, you know, basically go through the whole, you know, shebang so that we would know what to do when we get there. And, um, I, I wonder if now that there's so many people working from home, cause that was kind of on the cutting edge, like 12, 15 years ago when people started working from home for them. Um, if there's just a lot of like manuals and things like, you know, policies and procedures that just help it. Cause you have to set up everything yourself. They're not like coming and helping you. Right. So Yeah, I know. They're definitely not coming, helping you. Well, for our company, you have to keep in mind though, that we're not working from home just because of COVID. So like they've, everyone's been working from home mm-hmm. prior to COVID. So this isn't like a new phase for anyone. Yeah. Um, like when I first started, I was in the office the first week I was there. Um, of course there was limited office staff because it was like literally in the beginning of COVID. Um, so, I mean, I was able to work with like HR and whoever else needed to set up my stuff. So I set it up in office and then I went home. So like, if there's a new hire, usually you go in the office, they help you set everything up in the office, like your laptop and everything. And then you go home. So there's not a lot of like fend for yourself on your own. Nothing's working and you're having a panic attack. (laughs) So I think it was maybe two interviews ago. I've kind of been doing a series of people here in Gilbert. So there was another mm-hmm. lady that was actually, I think she was East Mesa. Um, but we were, we both had to factory reset our computers in the, like in the previous week. And when I worked for Mayo Clinic, we did have that full tech team that I could call them. They had 24 seven support, even um, people from yeah. you know different parts of the country that would be doing coverage and everything. And I always felt like I could call someone if I had a problem. And this time, I was on my own, you know, I've been working for myself and I've, I've been working um, as an independent contractor for a few uh, companies like from China on uh, teaching ESL, uh, but they're not the kind that you can just call for tech help with your computer, only if their software is, you know, or their app is breaking or something like that. Yeah. But, but there's not even a phone number. Like you just have to text them and hope that they respond kind of thing. Um, yeah. And so one of the benefits of working for a company is that they usually do provide equipment you know, you don't have to go make that decision of what you're going to use. 
and then they might have someone that you can call. Yeah, they, um, sorry. Um, yeah, they definitely, I mean, I can call her anytime. It really doesn't matter. Everyone's really responsive in this company. I think it's because there's always those hour differentials because like I mentioned earlier, like I'm getting messages from, you know, overseas and in the evening. So if I'm messaging someone, I mean, obviously if it's like one or two in the morning, I'm not going to get a response till the morning, but I should probably be putting my laptop away at that point in time anyways. Um, but no, they're, they're very responsive. I think the only situation I had, like my, my previous laptop, like it had a storage issue. Like I ran out of space on it and it just kept, it didn't matter what I did to try to clean it out. So she just sent me a new one, basically to your point, like, well, they'll just ship it out. So yeah, she sent me a new one and all my stuff was already on it. So it was good to go. So I literally just had to get the box, open it up and send the old one back and I was good to go. But yeah, but on the other hand, my dad, the, how I mentioned my dad has his own business working from home. He works in computers. He has his own computer business. So, you know, I can call dad whenever, whenever I was I actually going to ask problems. you about him, like, you know, cause yeah. he's more of the entrepreneur type mm-hmm. and you and your mom work for the corporations. Yeah. Uh, are you tempted in any way um, thinking about ever like branching out on your own? Or are you content with the package that you have and all of that? I'm very content with the package that I have. I like a steady paycheck and I like my uh, insurance benefits that I get from my company. Um, So there's just those, you know, 401k matching and stuff like that. Like there's some, I have some really good benefits with the company that I have and I really like having that support system. So like, I don't know, it's my, my dad's business. um, He's had it, I think for like 20, 30 years, some crazy amount of time he's had his own computer business like back in the floppy disk days so um yeah so he's been in in business for quite some time so he's always like kind of makes his own hours too you know he has clients like he I think he just set up a computer system for like a dentist's office or or something like that so he does his own thing um but he doesn't really have any employees he's like a a one one man show um, and has he likes he, it that way. It works really well for him. Has he been working out of like a home office himself or like a workshop type thing his all this time? Yeah. He's always had his home office. He's always worked his home office and then he has clients and he just goes to their offices because it's usually, he has to set up their, you know, their phone systems or their computer systems or whatever it is that I don't really know what all he does exactly, but I just know mm-hmm. if I have computer problems, I call him. You should tell him that he could interview with me as well. He'd be invited. I should tell him. I should definitely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I know we probably should wrap up in the next couple of minutes here. So yeah. I usually like to ask the question about, you know, what would you say if your friends come to you and ask, you know, what do you like about working from home or w- would you recommend I, I consider it? Like, I know nowadays a lot of people have been thrust into it, but not everyone has. So would you recommend it? Like, what would you give as far as advice? I think it's definitely situation specific, right? Because like I have older kids, um, but I do really need to be working from home. Um, for my work-life balance, it works really well for me. So, I mean, it kind of just depends on if you have daycare for littler kids and stuff like that, I think it's a great option. Um, although you want to make sure that you're not overwhelming yourself either way, right? If you're in the office, and you could be overwhelming yourself or working from home. You could also be overwhelming yourself and make sure you have those start, start, stop times for sure. Cause you need to have that break. Cause sometimes you're working way more than you would if you were in an office because you're not walking away from it. 
So that's pretty much my advice is just making sure that you can kind of figure out that work-life balance. For me, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Working from home is amazing. And I don't think I could ever go back into an office at this point, Um, at least for now anyways. But yeah, you know, it's always nice to have the options. Like if I wanted to work in the office, I could, I just don't want to. So yeah. And you're not worried that they would ever take that away from you. Cause it sounds like your company is established with a remote team. Yeah. Um, we're very established with working from remote. Um, I think my manager had asked me like, Hey, do you want like, um, our Phoenix office actually moved to a, a bigger office and they asked like, do you want us to set up offices for you guys? I said, no, no, I do not. Thank you. I am good. I will stay working from home. Um, and it's kind of easier for the company because they don't have to worry about as much office space. Right. So of course, yep. it just kind of works well for everyone. And when you went in for food, are there <laughs> like drop-in, are there drop-in desks that you could sit at if you needed yes. to pull out your laptop or something? Yeah. Yeah. There's um, areas where we can sit down or conference rooms or stuff like that. Cause there is, you know, a team that is required to be there. Um, it just depends on who it is, like, and what your role is. There are certain employees that do have to be in the office due to like parts and service and stuff like that. Um, but for our department, for operations, we are not required to be in the office. Um, but yes, we can always definitely go in there and have a place to sit. And if I was like, no, I need to work in the office. I can no longer work from home. They would absolutely accommodate that. But I don't see myself telling them that. <laughs> yeah. Unless there's food, I'm, I don't need to come in. And you're in Chandler, right? You're like my next door neighbor yeah. just across mm-hmm. the, um, and it, is it like what, a 30, 45 minute drive to get into the Phoenix office? Um, I think it's like 20 minutes. It's about 20, 25 minutes. It's in a, um, like the Southern part of Phoenix. So it's not too, too far. I saw someone posting in some group. I don't know if it was, um, one of our local community groups or not, but they were just asking like, how do we, you know, as a, as a manager, like, how can I improve engagement with my team as far as like team building exercises and stuff. And people are like, have a zoom meeting and go around and, you know, do a Kahoot. Uh, do you guys do anything like that as far as like getting to know each other or we do, we've had, um, they're, they're not everyone's favorite necessarily, but we have had like uh, happy hours, like virtual happy hours. Um, we have had a couple of those and stuff like that, but we're pretty engaged and my manager basically trusts us to do our jobs and do our jobs well. And then we have our team meetings and then we have operations meetings. And so everyone's really intertwined with what needs to be done and, and communicating on a regular basis. So we don't have a lot of fun events, I would say as of right now, but we have done a few virtual happy hours. Okay. It's just kind of weird when you're like hanging out with your boss on a zoom with a drink in your hand and you're like, Hey, I'm drinking, (laughs) but I'm not drinking, you know, like this doesn't feel right. Yeah. I know that um, some people are really gung ho. I'm an extrovert. And so I would thrive on that sort of thing. Like, yeah, let's talk. I love that. And my husband, not, you know, like I think he's attended one. Um, and I don't think that his company, you know, has really offered that many of those types of things anyway, just, you know, it's just maybe a just different climate, you know, as far as like a whole bunch of engineers or, you know, (laughs) programmers, you know, versus like what, you know, those of us who like to be out and talking would prefer. So, yeah. All right. Any final thoughts before we finish up? No, thanks for your time. This has been fun. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. Uh, this was a little short notice because I actually had, um, uh, a cancellation and I was like, Hey, if you work from home, (laughs) I think someone was just asking, do you have a job that you love? 
and you oh, answered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I absolutely was, love my job. It's good to hear people that can say that because not everyone does. Yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd be so fascinated with an industry. I think I definitely found my niche. I never saw solar as a a pathway for a career and it's just kind of worked out. And I literally learned something new every single day in this field. And I would really like to go back to school and get some type of an engineering degree just so I could know more. But, um, I think a lot of it's been learn as you go. So yeah, I love my job for the people that I work with for my ability for this work from home, uh, work-life balance and just the environment. It's great. And it sounds like you have a good company that you like too. So, yes. um, if someone were to be interested, like a lot of people right now are switching jobs. I guess there's like the great, what do they call it? The great retirement. I don't know. A lot of people are changing jobs right now and yeah. they're thinking, what else could they do? What would someone need to do something like what you do? Um, solar experience and project manager experience. It's kind of a really odd niche requirement because I know there's a lot of people with project manager experience and then there's a lot of people with solar experience. Um, there's not a lot with the mix. So, and just really the, um, eagerness to learn because you're going to learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Sarah, I think we need to call it. This has been Sarah Jacopuzzi. Did I get it? Yes, you did. With April Malone and yes, I work from home and we'll see you next time. Thank Thank you you so much. Bye.